Threads podcast. Stay tuned. I think we also need to be able to speak frankly about some of these things. And the fact of the matter is that Kenya and the United States, we share so many values. Our common love for democracy, entrepreneurship, value for families. These are things that we share. But there are some things that we must admit we don't share. Our culture, our societies don't accept. It's very difficult for us to be able to impose on people that which they themselves do not accept. This is why I repeatedly say that for Kenyans today, the issue of gay rights is really a non-issue. We want to focus on other areas that are day-to-day living for our people. The health issues that we have discussed with President Obama, these are critical. Issues of ensuring inclusivity and of women, a huge section of society that is normally left out of the mainstream of economic development. What we can do in terms of infrastructure, what we can do in terms of education, in terms of our roads, in terms of giving our people power, encouraging entrepreneurship. These are the key focuses. Maybe once, like you have, overcome some of these challenges, we can begin to look at new ones. But as of now, the fact remains that this issue is not really an issue that is on the foremost mind of Kenyans. And that is the fact. Or some other concrete measure being considered by the U.S. side if this law should take effect? Yeah, well, first of all, big if there, right? Uh, this is the Parliament passing it. It still has some process to go here. Um, we're uh, we're certainly watching this real closely, and uh, we would have to take a look at whether or not there might be um, uh, repercussions that we would have to take, perhaps in an economic uh, way, uh, should this law actually get passed uh, and enacted. Um, and that would be really unfortunate because uh, so much of the economic assistance that we provide Uganda is health assistance and largely through PEPFAR. Uh, and uh, uh, you, you can see a world in which you know a law like this, should it be enacted, would not only, as, as Corrine rightly said, just be devastating to a whole community of people inside Uganda, but, uh, but if it were to have any kind of an effect uh, uh, on our economic assistance, that would only make that worse. So we'll have to take a look. No decisions. We're watching this very, very closely, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, it won't pass and we won't have to do anything. Obama, I think we also need to be able to speak frankly about some of these things. And the fact of the matter is that Kenya and the United States, we share so many values. Our common love for democracy. Entrepreneurship, value for families, these are things that we share. But there are some things that we must admit we don't share. Our culture, our societies don't accept. It's very difficult for us to be able to impose on people that which they themselves do not accept. This is why I repeatedly say that for Kenyans today, the issue of gay rights is really a non-issue. We want to focus on other areas that are day-to-day living for our people. The health issues that we have discussed with President Obama, these are critical. Issues of ensuring inclusivity and of women, a huge section of society that is normally left out of the mainstream 
of economic development. What we can do in terms of infrastructure, what we can do in terms of education, in terms of our roads, in terms of giving our people power, encouraging entrepreneurship. These are the key focuses. Maybe once like you have overcome some of these challenges. We can begin to look at new ones. But as of now, the fact remains that this issue is not really an issue that is on the foremost mind of Kenyans. And that is the fact. Agenda 2063. Agenda 2063. One. A prosperous Africa based on inclusive growth and sustainable development. An integrated continent politically united. Based on the ideals of Pan-Africanism and the vision of Africa's renaissance. Three, an Africa of good governance, democracy, respect for human rights and justice. And the rule of law for a peaceful and secure Africa. Five, an Africa with a strong cultural identity, common heritage. Values and ethics. Six. An Africa whose development is people driven. Relying on the potential of African people. Especially its women and youth. And caring for children. Seven. Africa as a strong, united, resilient and influential global player. And I think we also need to be able to speak frankly about some of these things. And the fact of the matter is that Kenya and the United States, we share so many values. Our common love for democracy, entrepreneurship, value for families. These are things that we share. But there are some things that we must admit we don't share. Our culture our societies don't accept. It's very difficult for us to be able to impose on people that which they themselves do not accept. This is why I repeatedly say that for Kenyans today, 
the issue of gay rights is really a non-issue. We want to focus on other areas that are day-to-day living for our people. The health issues that we have discussed with President Obama, these are critical. Issues of ensuring inclusivity and of women, a huge section of society that is normally left out of the mainstream of economic development. What we can do in terms of infrastructure, what we can do in terms of education, in terms of our roads, in terms of giving our people power, encouraging entrepreneurship. These are the key focuses. Maybe once, like you have, overcome some of these challenges, we can begin to look at new ones. But as of now, the fact remains that this issue is not really an issue that is on the foremost mind of Kenyans. And that is the fact. End of this month, there will be a conference in Osaka or a summit in Osaka, Zambia, my country, led by the United States. They have come to Southern Africa to teach us democracy. A country that has been built on a brutal force, on enslavement of other human beings, on the humiliation of Africans, the exploitation of Africans, the plunder of Africa, today is coming to teach us about democracy. the arrogance, the imperialist arrogance, the racist arrogance that we are subjected to. We cannot have democracy where there is hegemony of the strongest, mightiest imperialist power. We cannot have democracy where a country's resources a country's decisions are dictated to by another country. A country that is dominated by another country cannot be democratic. A country that lacks sovereignty cannot be democratic. A people that cannot decide for themselves cannot be democratic. A colony, a new colony cannot be democratic. That's why today, even at the United Nations, Membership is on the basis of sovereignty. Only sovereign nations can be members of the United Nations. Because only sovereign nations can decide for themselves. A colony cannot be a member of the United Nations. It's not by accident. It's not a mistake. If you have no respect for the dignity of others, if you have no respect for the sovereignty of other countries, you cannot claim to be a champion of democracy. They used to say all roads lead to Rome. Today we can confidently say all roads to progress, all roads to what is better for humanity lead to Beijing. This is a country this is a people that has developed themselves, that has developed itself without colonizing any country in the world, without plundering any country in the world, without subjugating any people in the world. This is a country that is developing with maximum respect for others, for their history, for their cultures, 
and recognizes the diversity that is there in civilization. We were only taught one form of civilization, one form of modernization. That was the Western way. Westernness was a measure of how civilized, how modern you are. We reject that. We reject it because it's not correct. We reject it because it's undemocratic. We reject it because it's uncivilized to think of the world and of other people in that way. Today they cannot accept the fact that China has caught up with them. China is about to surpass them in many areas of human endeavor. The imperialist arrogance is inhibiting them from accepting that reality. The racist arrogance is inhibiting them from accepting that reality. But the world is changing. The changes we are witnessing today, as President Xi said in Moscow recently, or the, day, the other day, they have never been seen in 100 years. They have shaped a world that they themselves today are scared of. And they have shaped a world that is not sustainable. Democracy, human development is not sustainable on the basis of plunder, on the basis of enslavement, on the basis of humiliating other people every day. That is a system we are seeing today, a system that will not survive if plunder is eliminated, if subjugation of other peoples, other nations is eliminated. If inequality in the world is eliminated, that system will disappear. The only system that you can survive and can endure for long is a system that is based on mutual benefit, win-win relationships, mutual respect for others, accommodation and tolerance of others, and fraternal love for all humanity. This is what we find in China today. This is what China the example is showing us. Indeed, all parties are different. There is no path that is the same, even if they are leading to the same destination. Each path has got its own characteristics. We are, being, we are seeing that, we are learning that, we are experiencing that today with China. There are many things that need to be done to get the world that we want. A more just, a more fair, a more peaceful world is possible. But it won't drop from the skies. We have to struggle for it. And as Fidel said, if we struggle, we'll win. Thank you very much.